Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the films playing at BYU's International Cinema. We're in week seven of 14 of the fall 2023 International Cinema program. My name is Brad Barber. I'm co-director of International Cinema. And today in the booth, we'll be discussing the stirring Mexican documentary film, All of Me, from 2014, directed by Arturo Gonzalez Villasenor. This inspiring documentary features the women of La Patrona, Mexico, as they provide food and water to the migrants hanging from freight trains during passage to the United States. Through riveting acts of selfless dedication, often putting themselves at risk, the women serve their desperate countrymen with food and care. Here to discuss this film with me in the booth is Emma Voles. Emma is a native Arizonan, a recent BYU media arts graduate, and a documentary filmmaker with projects based in Peru, Thailand, and England. She is currently applying to graduate programs for a Master of Fine Arts in Documentary Film, and we're very pleased to welcome her to the booth. Emma, welcome. Hi, Brad. I'm happy to be here. Have you ever been on a podcast before? You know, this is my first podcast, but I will say there's there's a stigma around podcasts, and so it's not something that I ever really was looking forward to doing, except I am happy to be here now. Tell me about the stigma. So the stigma is kind of based on people who don't really have anything else going on. When they're bored, they say, let's make a podcast. And then they just go talk about the things that they think are important enough to talk about. But I will say uh, film is always a worthy podcast subject. So especially documentaries. What if being on this podcast changed that stigma in your mind and you decided not only are podcasts amazing, you want to host a podcast? Is that possible? I- it, it is so possible. I am, as we sit here and as we talk, um, I feel that at the very least, a podcast is an opportunity to hear another person's perspective uh, and also has given me the chance to slow down and think a little bit more clearly and methodically about, you know, whatever topic that's at hand. So in that sense, podcasts are good because they kind of connect ideas and can help generate generate that flow of connection. Uh, The other funny thing about our situation here, me who's never hosted a podcast and you who seems to hate podcasts in every form (laughs) is that uh, we we have no idea who listens to this podcast. (laughs) We hope people are listening. Uh, We're still trying to figure out, I'm told, uh, how to find out who those people are and how many times they're listening. So if you listen to this podcast, why don't you go to our international cinema instagram page and and tell us who you are and where you're listening from and why you listen uh that handle is byu underscore ic so we're at byu underscore ic on instagram but you know emma maybe this is this is positioning us to have really fresh takes on this film in this format because we're both very new to it and this film in particular is going to be interesting to talk about because As you and I have discussed, it's pretty tough to find any written information about this film. It was made in 2014. It's a Mexican production. There are two other films I know of with the same exact title, All of Me, which are very different than this film. So if you Google All of Me, the first thing you might see is a Lily Tomlin, Steve Martin vehicle from the 80s. This film, I think, is way better than either of the other two uh, versions of All of Me. We'll get into that. I'm very excited to hear what your thoughts are about this incredible film. Uh, For the listeners at home, I should probably explain that you and I 
maybe the listeners at home are thinking, why does Emma and why do Emma and Brad have this uh, rapport? They seem to be able to finish each other's. Uh, who knows? Okay, you're having me rethink this rapport thing. But you and, I, you and I worked together very closely on a variety of projects while you were a student in the media arts program at BYU. You uh, ha- were in my cl- multiple classes, but you also edited an episode of my PBS documentary series, States of America. You were an editor on a feature-length project uh, we're working on right now about the dearly departed Harris Fine Arts Center. And I was one of your advisors for your terrific honors thesis film, Cusco, which you directed and filmed in Peru. Do I have all that right? Yes, we we go way back, Brad. And yes, a lot of really positive experiences with documentary film. I'm really interested in your ideas about documentary as a filmmaker in particular, because you spent at least a year researching a part of Latin America that you had lived in previously and wanted to return to this time with a camera in hand to make what you call an ethnographic documentary. I say you intentionally because you wrote about this experience quite a bit too. Can you explain what that term means, ethnographic documentary? Yes. So an ethnographic film is a visual study or depiction of something that would be considered anthropological. So for instance, it might be a film that highlights a specific facet of a culture or a tradition but um ethnographic film is kind of where i see it is the the let's see the sort of connection between filmmaking and anthropology with ethnographic films often being a medium of education or entertainment where we can kind of get glimpses into other worlds so to speak Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about your thoughts on this particular film, which is playing at International Cinema this week. But first, I've prepared some questions to help our listeners get to know you better. We do this with all of our guests. I'm very excited to hear your answers to these questions, too. Uh, you, since I'm especially excited because I know you love Fred Wiseman almost as much as I do, and I know you have good taste. Uh, so here we go. Are you ready? I'm going to ask yes. you three questions. I don't know what the answers are. I'm, I'm making it sound like I'm going to win something if I guess it. Mostly, I'm just excited to hear what you say. Okay, the first question is, what is the first film you remember going to see? This is a good question because I like, I like to pride myself in my early memories, but I recently learned, I'm not a child psychologist anyway, anyway but early memories are usually associated with extreme emotions or experiences so it makes sense why I came up with this this answer anyway I remember seeing a film when I was four my parents had taken us and our family to see Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban Um, and I specifically remember Harry's monster book scaring me so much that my parents took us all out of the movie theater early Emma here's the second question what film do you remember the most fondly when you think about watching it? What was the best experience you can remember watching a film? Actually, the winter before I reported to serve my mission, I was away from home. I wasn't in school at the time, but I was in Provo babysitting for some family friends. So BYU's classic film library series was playing It's a Wonderful Life that winter. 
it was like mm. mid-December or something like that. So the weather was changing and kind of Christmas was in the air. But um, I convinced these kids that I was babysitting to come with me to see this old black and white film. Because I was like, you guys, you don't realize how amazing this film is and how iconic and um, stuff like that. And so I convinced these kids to come with me. We were sitting there in the the little theater. Most of the people around us were older and um, maybe more grandparent-y. But so we were kind of in this strange cir- circumstance. But it was the first film that I had ever seen on film. They had pulled from the archives Jimmy Stewart's personal copy of the film on 16 millimeter film. So it was this really cool experience where I just, well, it's that on top of It's a Wonderful Life being the incredible film that it is. It's one. It's probably my favorite film. And that's, that's saying a lot for, for a film kid, saying that they have a favorite anything when it comes to movies. But I think I was at a stage of my life where I was at the brink of embarking on this really big journey and adventure of leaving you know, the country, going to Peru. And I just was really touched by the sort of, like the depictions of, you know, this is how this character found happiness in their life. And it really just inspired me to kind of reprioritize and refocus on, okay, this is what's most important to me. And it kind of was my little kickoff into the next phase of my life. So yeah, yeah, lots of good movie memories for sure. It's a wonderful Emma's life. I was not prepared, Emma, for how prepared you would be to answer these questions. You've given me a lot to think about. I'm glad you had such a profound experience. That's really cool. Even if it wasn't at International Cinema, maybe we could say that you could have seen that at International Cinema just as easily as the library. <laughs> well, I was about to add a plug. I'm pretty sure they're playing it again this this winter. At so. Not international cinema. They're playing it in the library. But I do want everyone to go see this movie on film. It is a treasure of BYU's personal collection. Yeah, it's a it's an actual film print that belonged to Jimmy Stewart. Pretty okay, incredible. last question. What film totally changed you after having watched it? I a lot of films come to mind. I've been very fortunate to have interacted with films that are life changing in every sense of the word. But one film continually sort of, my mind just turns to it often um, in the years since I've seen it. I've seen this film twice. It's called The Overnighters, but it's a documentary about a priest in a small local church. I believe they're in North Dakota, maybe. Mm-hmm. So in a more rural area. And he works to help those who have sort of migrated into that area who are people who are looking for work, but are kind of in a situation where they don't have work, they don't have a place to stay, they don't have family to stay with. So he uses the church as a means to um, reach out and sort of support these people who are in a pretty desperate situation. So the film for me, he, this individual is really inspiring, like his, his sense of community, his determination to serve these people he's just in every sort of way this embodiment of christ-like love um the part of the film that is really kind of thought-provoking is towards the end of it you kind of get this sense that he's failed after all of these great things he's done he sort of fails his family in a significant way 
Um, and so the film kind of leaves you on this sort of fence where you're like, well, he was such a good person. Like, was it not good enough? And you can interpret the film as you will. But for me, I just get this overwhelming sense of gratitude that like his his efforts were enough and that my efforts in any way, shape or form can be enough as long as we focus on Christ and, you know, his his way to redeem us and help us. So The Overnighters, it's a good one. It's a beautiful film. And it and thank you for describing how it uh changed you i mean that that, so those sound like ideas that were probably familiar to you before watching it was there something about the experience watching it that made you feel fundamentally changed or was it more of just kind of a strengthened and it was a you know a powerful reinforcement of something you already thought i think that the film introduced me to perhaps ideas that i didn't know i really grappled with um I'm not really quite sure. I think, well, no, this is what I'll say. So I've seen the film twice in class settings. Um, The first time I would say my experience was as I described. And then the second time watching it, it actually, the film itself sort of instigated or like began this long series of conversations I had with peers who were, who were there watching with me. Hmm. Um, And that these conversations were a a means by which I could connect with them on a deeper level because I noticed not only was I having a significant experience with the film, but they too either saw themselves in the film or saw those they loved in the film. And the film was just the way or like the vehicle by which we could kind of grow to understand one another better and help one another. So it was just really kind of beautiful way that the film kind of opened up this greater conversation that we kind of we both needed to have in a way so yeah it was it's a documentary that you know lives beyond just the the beginning and end of the film itself i feel like you're describing some of the most exciting things about cinema and if i dare say documentary in particular those outcomes you're talking about watching with other people i mean leading to these types of you know, worldview altering experiences and conversations. It's just so exciting. So thank you for sharing that. And that's a perfect segue into this film that we want to talk about today. Speaking of films that change you, uh, for our discussion, I wanted to start with kind of a big picture question about cinema. What do you think cinema does for people in terms of empathy or understanding of those that are different than themselves in particular? You've touched on this a little bit already with the overnighters, but Maybe we could dive into it a little bit more. Is there anything else you'd like to say about that? Absolutely. The film is one of my favorite things, favorite art forms, because film has a unique capability to bridge the gaps that naturally divide us as people. So in cinema, um, the cinema provides a space where we can watch, listen, and observe others' experiences. Um, especially people who we don't have any sort of familiarity with. Uh, Documentaries are especially effective and have done this for me. For instance, in the film All of Me, we are given a really intimate behind-the-scenes look at a community of women whose 
and I'll, I can't speak for everyone, but their lives, their work experiences, their family experiences are drastically different from what I have personally experienced. And so the film weaves together their personal anecdotes, visuals of the, the events in their lives. And it's as if the film invites us to get closer to them and even temporarily step in their shoes to see their world and subsequently our world in a different way. So it's through film that we're able to kind of live these experiences by proxy. This is a particularly remote village that we're looking at here too. There's access that this film's making possible that I think it's fair to say most viewers wouldn't have otherwise. Um, you mentioned the women at the center of this film. Uh, one review I read of this film described it as, quote, portraits of female resilience. I wonder if you agree with that framing. When I was re-watching it before our talk today, I'd forgotten at the beginning, you hear background of some pretty tough experiences these women have, have gone through on their own, their own experiences with men in their lives leaving to pursue work. It seemed to me that it could be pretty easy to become embittered in those situations and not want to have anything to do with men that are trying to find a better life. And yet they give this incredible service to men that they don't even know that are going and doing something similar, that are traveling to try to make a better life for themselves, for their families. Anyway, back to the question, what do you think about this idea of, of this film being a portrait of female resilience? You and I have worked on some projects that featured female resilience before. You, I imagine, have some perspectives about what that term even means as a female yourself. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think it's a really beautiful dis description of this film, that one that I would absolutely agree with. Um, when I when I had this in mind while watching the film, and when I think of female resilience in general, there are some really powerful images in the movie itself. Um, that sort of embody this for me. And so they kind of repeatedly return to these Im the images or like these shots of the woman standing next to the speeding train with their arms outstretched with food for the passing strangers. And it's turbulent and um, it's dangerous and there's wind. So in this moment of danger, we have juxtaposed there these quiet, resilient, noble women who are hardworking and selfless. And they kind of like are bracing themselves as they like do the, what they can to help these strangers. It's So this really beautiful image is so touching to me. In fact, the first time it came on, I just like, I just wept. And I'm not really much of a crier, but like there was just something about it that was so beautiful. And it is really, truly a testimony to their ability to, um, like these ordinary people and their ability to do pretty extraordinary things for others. I'm glad you had that experience. Uh, the English title, as we've been saying, is All of Me for this film. The Spanish title is something different. I'm going to let you say that as a as a Spanish speaker, can you say what the Spanish title was and translate that for us and maybe talk about your thoughts about the original Spanish title and the English title? Of course. So with the English title, All of Me, um, I was kind of surprised by what the Spanish title was. 
with knowing that it was a Mexican film crew that made this, the title being Llévate Mis Amores, which translating can mean a couple of different things. Um, but meaning Llévate meaning like take or take away with you. Mis Amores being my love or my loves. So it's almost as if the Spanish title is saying, like, carry this with you, my loves, maybe potentially alluding to the strangers, to the migrants who are traveling by, um, which I think is pretty beautiful. Like, in the sense, also, the English, the English title also informs us with the all of me. It's almost like they are giving all of themselves through their service to these people. So it's kind of like they give their all and they say, carry this with you on your journey. Like, this is all I have and like, like wishes them well. So I thought that was a pretty beautiful, this is, this is insight from someone who speaks Spanish, but is no way a native, but um, that, that sort of translation was impactful for me in interpreting the film. You know, as you're talking about that, I'm remembering um, a conversation we had before about, I was asking you if you had done any work with nonprofits that might have dealt with feeding people that are hungry. And uh, I think you said you had, do you want to tell us briefly what that was? And then I've, I've got a quick observation. Sure. So just as a youth um, in my community, there was a food kitchen where we could volunteer and in our volunteering, we would help prepare food and serve food for the homeless in our area. So I have several experiences as a younger person going down there in a part of town where the homeless population was a little bit greater and, and having the experience of, you know, like preparing the food, preparing meals, packing lunches, and then serving it to those people. And for me, it was, it was probably one of the first experiences I had where I recognized the sort of, well, the lack of need in my life, seeing these people who were in need. And it was encouraging for me to have this be a way, a very, it's a pretty straightforward, simple thing. Like it only took a few hours of my time, but it was gratifying and a, a blessing to me to go and share my love in a small way, even if it's like, you know, playing a game with someone or, you know, handing them something that they might need. It was this sort of two-way connection that left me feeling like, oh, I want to do more and these people need help. And I, I have a way to, to potentially help them. You uh, participate in a great act of, of service, like I imagine a lot of our listeners um, have. The thing I was observing as we were talking about this film, all of me, is that the women that we're seeing perform these acts of service on screen are from different kinds of means themselves. We're not privy exactly to what they have or don't, but it's clear it's a sacrifice for them. But beyond that, they're not just serving people that are hungry, they're putting their own well-being at risk while doing it. You know, I mean, they're doing doing something kind of dangerous or very dangerous. Um, so it's like serving people that need food, but also, you know, doing so in like a life-threatening situation that is, I think your experience you mentioned earlier of being really emotional while watching it is probably pretty 
pretty common. It kind of takes your breath away watching them, you know, do this intense activity because of a, you know, ostensibly a, a very strong desire to help that's, that's stronger than their desire to stay away from a, you know, a speeding train. For people that identify as Christians, it's hard not to think of some parallels here, the parable of the Good Samaritan or other teachings of Jesus Christ that feature, that, that focus on feeding the hungry, taking care of the poor, helping people become self-sufficient. Did you notice any parallels there? Yes, I. it's interesting because there's one particular part of the film where uh, one of the women being interviewed describes um, an experience where a man who was physically hurt is is kind of given to them to for them to take care of him and she describes this experience where she it's just confirmed to her in a rather spiritual way that her efforts are needed here and that um that she can make a difference in these people's lives and so so it's kind of like her testimony and what I would describe as a, like a, a, an experience with the spirit where, and, it, and it's reinforced by, I would say, King Benjamin's teachings. Uh, the, the, some scriptures in Mosiah repeatedly came to mind, but that when we are serving others, we're only serving God or we are only in the service of our God. And um, there's this charge to love one another and to stand to succor those who stand in need of our help. And it's really rather beautiful to see that like these women exemplifying so many of these things that we, we strive for as Christians to, you know, turn outward and help those. And they just do that so fully and completely. They're just really, really great examples for us in that way. Emma Bowles, thank you for joining us from California and sharing your post-graduated thoughts about this important film. I hope lots of people get a chance to see it and we are grateful for your, your thoughtful um, impressions you shared with us today. Of course. I hope, I hope those listening have a chance to watch the film and appreciate you tuning in. Well, thanks again, Emma. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today on From the Booth. We're grateful for the support of the BYU College of Humanities. You can check out our schedule, read about our films, and more at ic.byu.edu. And on Instagram, at BYU underscore IC. Instead of don't at me, I'm going to say at me, at BYU underscore IC, and tell us if you're listening to this thing. Tell us if you watched this incredible film, all of me, and uh, what you thought. The opinions expressed in this podcast, as ever, do not represent official views of the university or its supportive institutions. Sound engineering on our show is by Hayden Underwood, with original music by Johnny Stallings and Stephen Stallings. Thank you again, Emma, and to all of our listeners, we hope to see you in room 250 of the Kimball Tower, and we'll talk again next time from the booth.